When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We good to great. Good. good to great. Good to great. We, this is an, um, the other time. This is like the third time we've referenced good to great. I've never read it, but it's a thing. Really? Yeah, I never read it. Huh. Got to get everybody on the bus. Isn't that the? Is that different? That's the energy bus, and right? All, and on the right seat. That started with good mm. to great. We started in fifth grade. No, it started with good to great. Good to great. Oh, like is it so? Like energy bus was like an offshoot. What started with fifth grade? Well, I, I thought that's what he said. I, yeah, I miss it. Did start with fifth grade. No, I, well, I think in, I think fifth grade was the last grade where they had dodgeball in school. Was your voice starting to change to the voice I think that's true. voice we all know today? Actually, funny you bring that up. <laughs> what I, was your favorite playground game? Oh, oh, butts up. You guys remember butts up? Mm, butts nice. up was good. Yeah. So is that, good. Is that legal? Wrong. I don't in ca- like, in Kansas. In, like, no, certain, no, no, I don't no, think it is. No way. Foursquare was one of my favorites. Oh, so fun. Champion. Foursquare was See, so fun. The the ultimate was, and it, it had a very quick cliff because everybody figured out the secrets. Tetherball. Did you guys yeah. have? Tetherball? Oh, tetherball was great. Tetherball uh, was a big pool. pool. Yeah, at the pool they had a tetherball. I don't think I've thing. ever lost a tetherball. Now your undefeated See, lifetime record, tetherball and thumb war. Oh, thumb war was fun, but th- but thumb war was like a good like back of the classroom. Like you can got, kind of sneak a good thumb war in, but I don't lose. You're undefeated, undefeated. thumb war and undefeated tetherball. Wow, I I miss yeah. There's no way, but I think I think dodgeball's even not even happening in school anymore. Also, uh, no kickball because you could throw the ball as hard as you could at someone to get them out. <laughs> yeah, pegging. Yeah, you pegging. <laughs> we, there was kickball and then there was like kickball, no pegging. That was like a thing counselors no, would say. No, if you happen to hit him in the head, whoops. Well, then there was You're no, out. and then there was specifically no headshots. But inevitably, like every time someone got hit in the head, every right. time, right. I, I mean, I think if you 
tried to coordinate butts up on a playground today, you'd be arrested. What, what is that? <laughs> so there's a tennis ball. It's, I guess I've never actually played handball, but I think it's like handball. But you throw the ball. There's like a line you can't cross. <laughs> this is such a good game. I actually forgot about oh, this. Oh, so fun. Yeah. So, so there's a line you can't cross. Like every man for themselves. And there's a line you can't cross. And basically, you just throw the ball uh, in the air. So no bouncing, as I recall. But you throw the ball off the wall as hard as you want or as soft as you want. And then the ball will ricochet back. If, some, if it touches somebody and, and they don't catch it, they have to go. <laughs> they have to go See, stand it's up. Getting, it's, getting, it's hard to keep going. They have to go st- <laughs> stand up against the wall, hands to the wall with their butt facing the back. And you just get to throw the ball at their butt as hard as you want. That's, that's so... <laughs> You're right, Jed. This is like yeah. this would not fly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go, go explain that. <laughs> you, Too you're much getting, fifth you're getting somebody called. You're getting somebody called on. You. <laughs> it's good indeed. Such shenanigans in Wisconsin. We were too tough, I guess. Oh, did that not happen in Wisconsin? No. Oh. So that's. But it must have been like obviously it happened in New Jersey and Oregon. It was coast to coast. Definitely. In California, we played it for sure. Oh yeah, that was big time. Oh god, imagine playing it with like a with a pro quarterback. You used to, you must have bruised people. Ab must have. Well, he I wasn't a pro, pro quarterback, quarterback in fifth grade. Yeah. yeah, but you were a burgeoning. You were a future pro quarterback, and it's not like you did. I was pretty underdeveloped physically <laughs> in my life. Oh, I had a uh, back to uh, you asked about something that reminded me of. Uh, I had like a sixth or seventh grade year. Where when I my voice was changing, and I would get stuck like mid voice crack. You know when your voice cracks like that, but I'd get like stuck. Be like, hey, I can't stop talking. Like that was how I sounded for like a minute, like locked in. So you never got made fun of. I just think I owned it. I kind of leaned into it. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, this just is what this is happening, and this is what it is. And I don't know what else to tell you. But that happened. Hey, we are okay. Let's <laughs> podcast time. QBAB, Jedzilla, uh, Super Dave Emmerich, yours truly. The... We've got. <laughs> we've got. <laughs> you guys will appreciate. Last night, uh, Ash, my wife was like. It's Dave who does that, right? Who does that? It was, is it Super Dave? I was like, yes, it's Super Dave. She likes it. She loves it. Does she call you the freak? Uh, last night, we were talking about the podcast, and she meant she did kind of mention, but no, she doesn't like regularly call me that. That's a you thing, I think. I don't think AB or Jed do either, to be honest. But I think, but you do. Do you guys not support me in this endeavor? <laughs> heck of no, a, sure, sure I do. I'd love, yeah, I'm all in. Heck of a crusade. You're on. You're a real pioneer. <laughs> hey, bowl, bowl eligibility on the line, guys. Let's talk a little ball. Uh, we, we've got ourselves a big one here against Oregon State and a very improved Oregon State, especially defensively from the last few years. A.B., you're in the, the neighborhood there. That's your neck of the woods. You've got some direct uh, vibes from the Beaver program. What's the, the local discourse with regard to an Oregon State team that has the nation's leading sacker in Hamaka Rashid? What's the story there with Oregon State? What do you think? Well, I'll tell you what. They feel really good about uh, what Coach Jonathan Smith is doing. You know, an alum, uh, a great quarterback on uh, that Fiesta Bowl team with uh, Chad Johnson and and TJ Hushmanzada. Um, And so they think that, you know, that program's headed in the right direction. And it sure is, um, you know, they've done some nice things so far this year, I think particularly offensively. Um, there's been there's been quite the turnaround. You know, Jake Luton has only turned the ball over a couple times all year. 
Um, he's looked pretty solid. Um, and then, like you said, defensively, kind of some guys have all of a sudden shown up, including uh, Rashid, who's, who's been a uh, just a monster at the, the rush linebacker position, and, you know, a couple other guys, too. So I think in general, you know, Beaver Nation, you know, living down here in Portland and hearing what's coming out of Corvallis, I think they feel, um, you know, very good about the future. You know, that being said, they still got to go, they got to go to Pullman and, and play a Washington State team that's beat them four years in a row, heading on five. And so, you know, I know for the Cougs. We've actually I, beat them I, I five years in a row, not to. Uh, oh, sorry. Mm. Going on six. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh,. You know, for you know, anytime you play in the Northwest with your Northwest rivals, I mean, that matters for recruiting. That matters, um, you know, kind of for, you know, how it looks moving forward. So I think for Washington State, we've got to feel really good about the matchup. Jed, it sort of speaks to where the programs are that they each have identical records. Oregon State a better pack record, but each team five and five overall. And 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 like uh, AB was saying, you know, Jonathan Smith and what he's done in building it up a little bit just in short time here in his in this his second year as the head coach. They 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 feel a little bit differently. About being five and five, than, than the Cougs do context of the season and everything. It's a, it's a really big game for them to, to try to be bowl eligible for the first time in a good while. It would be an amazing step for the program, um, and, and you do love to see former player come back, instill some good key principles. Um, and you know, we hope to some degree that this is not the case, but you see the excitement that you know coach leach and, and company brought when he came to washington state we had some growing pains early on but it defined who the team was going to be it defined what kind of caliber uh, recruit they're going to go after and if you can get success early on you really buy yourself some breathing room um and so so it's going to be a very tough road for them in pullman in, in, against the ducks you know everything on the line for both teams that they're going against so this is going to be a pivotal, pivotal win for both programs who were, again, we don't like preseason polls, but preseason were tiered towards the bottom. And so if you can achieve victory, which is a bowl game, it is going to be major. But, uh, you know, you, you look at this this team, this matchup, it's a little scary for me. You know, you, you see the pressure defensive line, you see the rushing game kind of possibilities. This is one where we look at and – Again, I love the the continued call-outs of Stanford five years in a row, Oregon State five years in a row, Oregon four years in a row. It's like, dang, this is a, this is kind of a neat uh, neat observation to say the Pac-12, the Cougs have been dominating. I, I just it's, I always enjoy when that kind of gets brought back up. Evidently, Brink hasn't been observing that, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> got him. What do you what do you say, Super Dave? Uh, this is uh, like to Jed's point. They've got a lot of they've got a lot of really good pieces running back wide receiver Luton's been better and then they have a few standout statistical uh, defenders uh, on that team also much improved from from last year absolutely I mean what what sticks out at you is their offense uh, you know that they, they have a bunch of guys that you know we actually we tried to get uh, the the uh, Trevon Bradford's the uh, Isaiah Hodgins mm-hmm. uh, you know he was committed to us for a long time um, so they have they have great skill guys. We saw last year with that running back Jamar Jefferson did against us. Um, talented kid. He's only a sophomore, and Jake Luton's been there for 16 years now. It feels like <laughs> he's been in there a long time, and and uh, you know I think he's finally starting to get it all figured out and having a great year. But um, starting to make some plays on defense. That's that's the thing they've been lacking. Um, you know the last couple of years. Uh, you know how cool of a name is Hamilcar? Hamica. It goes Hamica, oh, but it's spelled Hamilcar. Yeah, yeah, it looks yeah. it looks like Hamilcar Rashed. But it's Hamaka Rashid. At least that's the still a cool name. It is a cool name. Um, 
Yeah, and and they're going to come in here expecting to beat us. They they came in uh, the game last year. You know, they had all kinds of tricks and gadgets, and uh, I think they kind of circled this game as a game that they can win every year. And um, they're, they're going to be expecting to win, and we're going to be expecting to win. So it should be should be a good matchup. Yeah, Artavis Pierce was the starting back last year to start the season for them. He's still there. He's a senior. Jefferson was just a freshman. Jamar Jefferson last year had the sixth best rushing season in Beaver program history. And they've had some really good running backs. I mean, Oregon State has had some excellent backs, and Jefferson had the 1,300-plus yards last year, and uh, he's missed a few games this year. He's had an ankle, but they're still both there. Jefferson and, and Pierce both are. A.B., what do you make of a guy like Luton at quarterback who has really historically not thrown a lot of interceptions? Like, over his over his seasons, if you look back, he, he hasn't turned the ball over, but he also hasn't thrown a ton of touchdowns until this year. He's been really productive. He has 23 touchdowns and two picks. Do guys just kind of figure it out as they get older? There's definitely some of that. You know, he's certainly been healthier um, this year than really any other year of his career. And But I do think a lot of credit goes, um, you know, to Jonathan Smith and, and Brian Lindgren, the offense coordinator in that offensive staff. I and mean, they do have some, you know, really good concepts. They do a nice job of mixing the run and the pass that, you know, takes some pressure off the quarterback. And But as a, as a senior, I think Luton's a sixth-year senior, you've seen a lot of reps in practice and in games. And so you – you know, you're able to be a little bit better decision maker. You know, not, you know, not to make, you know, that the tight throw in a tough situation, or you know, you know when maybe the play's lost to throw it away. And so, you know, I think in general, you know, he's a guy that has also figured out guys like Isaiah Hodges, Trevon Bradford. You know, he's got some playmakers on the outside, and it seems like he trusts those guys a little bit more. I mean, you've seen a ton of clips of Hodges just making big time play after big time play, but they're contested balls, right? So that takes some. So a little bit of trust from a quarterback to throw that ball in tight coverage and you know his guys are making plays for him Jedzilla how excited are you that Oregon State features a tight end named Noah Tongiai who played in two basketball games in 2015 for the Beavers how exciting is that for you it's up there first off just say his name again yes yeah, so it's tongiai there's a mm. sort of a silent n uh from the islands every once in a while you get the silent n before the g beavers, deal are beavers arguably toughest rotten roster of names jazz has been studying up though. <laughs> yeah when they had Kala- usc maybe usc i'm trying well, i've got to think for a sec kalani sataki brought in a bunch of real tough names for broadcasters and then the i think tongiai was there from sataki i think um you, Oregon State used to be like unquestionably the most difficult. Two two years ago, you, you'd spend a lot of time on that roster for sure. They're definitely up there. Uh, there, there. There's no doubt. I need to I need to go through the league a little bit in my head here to confirm. But uh, Tongiai, Jed, it's to- Noah Tongiai. Uh, Tongiai. Well, I love the uh, the dual threat, the dual athlete. Uh, you know, we've lost that imagery as of late i was actually just having a conversation this morning around how forced into a single sport so many young people are today and you got to be year round and whether that sport is just being a student you know a lot of people are saying exile any other activities just go and be seven-time ap student so uh, the idea that uh, we still have some some unique quality uh, talents out there is is really endearing Obviously, as a, a basketball football player, I always attribute my success on the football field to my basketball uh, upbringing. Being, you know, basketball being the most fluid uh, sport out there, um, it really adopts a, a different mindset out of athlete. So, yeah, I enjoy the idea that there is a chance there is a two sport guy still in the makings, but 
Uh, I'm not holding my breath to see who's coming after him. I want to circle back for a second. Jed, you really do attribute your football uh, success largely to basketball? Like, like that's something you've thought about? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely, all the time. Uh, it is the fluidity of motion, especially as I learned in route running, as you learn as a fullback, even as a linebacker, being able to maneuver in between zone and, and reads and getting around blocks. Uh, there is a, a, a an athleticism that is born on the basketball court that is really unmatched and unrivaled in any other sport in my eyes. Um, and I, I definitely see the, the – I got discredited for being a natural athlete, but I, I always impressed with my athleticism, and that was because I grew up pooping. Well, Super Dave, Coach Leach always talks about how he really likes two-sport athletes. When you recruit – when you're out recruiting kids – is that just something that maybe an offshoot may just kind of be circumstantial? Or do you ever go, I actually really like this recruit more because he was a, a really good you know, soccer or basketball or in some instances like Misiona was a, a rugby player. You see what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah. We, a lot of times we love it, um, especially like big guys. Uh, don't, I, don't get choked up about this. I just did my uh, – I actually just did my best Coach Leach impression. <clears throat> yeah, very good. Um, <laughs> you get a Reese's stuck in your <laughs> They're all gone. Someone ate them all. Um, but, yeah, if we, we encourage multiple sports. We like to see multiple sports, um, not only from an athletic side, but it also um, – they constantly compete in everything they do, mm. um, which we like. But like if, if a big old lineman or D lineman, I look at him on film. I'm always pretty good. Uh, does he play basketball? Does he, you know, does he do anything else? Does he does he wrestle? Does he run track? Does he play baseball? Um, so yeah, we're not we're not of the opinion that you only have to focus on football, especially you know in high school. Try them all out. Just as long as you're competing, as long as you're doing something, um, that's that's kind of what we encourage. Ab, this is your world. I mean, day to day, you're constantly training, coaching athletes and football players, but you're also starting to get into hoops a little bit, right? With what you're doing in in the area there with with a couple of uh, different groups, and I know you 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 love multiple sport athletes. You you think it's really important not to just focus on one, specialize early on. A hundred percent. I mean, I think it's vital for, you know, athletic development that, that, you know, kids are playing multiple sports. I mean, I think it's been proven, you know, over and over again and, uh, you know, from medical literature to, you know, competitive psychologically, you know, just not being all in on one sport and being a, a one sport athlete, um, you know, I think it's so important. I think you got to play multiple sports, two, three sports um, and be able to balance that appropriately. And I think it helps both like Jed said with you know the physical elements I think you know Dave alluded to the mental side of it and I, I just think you know we really focus on that with E-Force that guys and gals play multiple sports because it only makes them better in whatever their primary sport is you know, you, sure know who, at some point, you know who plays a bunch of sports uh, Kevin Nightpipe the darts the golf <laughs> yeah well I, I, I was just about to say it's, I'm really glad I, I bo- uh, that, that Dave did both finger wars and tetherball growing yeah, right. up super very important for development we a lot of butts up yeah of we joke that uh, Pipe could be in the barroom Olympics you know he's got all those is those he like a, I know he do- does, does the darts does no, but there's Pipe who by the way is the best video guy in the country cougar video guy um, is awesome and but I know he like it's one thing to like go to the dart league he's and kind of hang out yeah, but is he like really good is he oh, like yeah. bullseye oh, bulls yeah. is he's that guy yeah i mean you know the whole he brings his darts in a little case with him you know it's it's a deal i want, I want to see that yeah. darts in the case it's like bringing your own uh, pool cue to the pool table correct That's, or bowling ball to zeppos and glove and 
Oh, I forgot about the glove. Like the wrist thing? Yeah, yeah that whole thing. How about that? Hey, uh, hard pivot here. So, guys, in the Bay Area, AB, you remember it, Super Dave. But, uh, Jed, we were at the hotel for football, and I stayed there with hoops to play uh, for Santa Clara uh, the following week early on. So, the, if you looked out the window, you could see the big Tesla factory. It, said tes- it was a huge Tesla sign, basically, on the highway. And a, a kind of a big factory that doubled as advertising. And I was thinking about this podcast last night and I was looking at an article or something reminding me of how Elon Musk with his other company, SpaceX, is firing uh, privately funded rockets to outer space, basically to bring the very wealthy kind of the ultimate tourist attraction sort of. Super Dave, would you go in one of these if you had the funding and, and wanted to spend the money on travel would would travel to outer space factor in like oh i want to go to new zealand i want to go to hawaii and maybe i want to go on a spacex rocket and go to outer space i will take you on a journey back to 2010 oh, where, please where the emmerich family goes to disney world okay. the happiest place on the face of the earth <laughs> I'm there with uh, my wife and and my sister's family and and my parents and my brother and we we decide to go on a ride called Mission Space. Okay. Now we go. You can go to the left and it's green, or you can go to the right and it's red. And I see a little seven-year-old girl saying, "Oh, the red's not bad. The red's not bad." So I go on the red, the hard. <laughs> I go in it. It's like a, a space simulator. It does the whole rotating, the whole. I want to die. I mean, I curl up in a little ball. I want to throw up. I, I endure, but I want to. I mean, if it lasts twenty seconds longer, I'm screaming, "Get me, get me out of here!" It's like a simulator. It's the worst experience of my life. Um, so we go to the moon on that thing, and I'm thinking, if we go back to Earth, I'm out of here. I'm, 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 I'm getting the hell out of this thing. Um, so I climb off of it. I mean, I'm, I'm green. I'm. I feel awful. I have to lay on the park bench for like 30 minutes and get any color back to my face. So the answer is no. How did the kids do in the ride? Jeez. Um, You know, it was was a pretty objectionable ride to all those. that My my brother-in-law flies helicopters in the Army. Oh, wow. And he was like, yeah, this isn't good. He was like, that was tough. Oh, wow. Jed, would you go to space if you could? Step step back one one tick. Your brother-in-law flies in the army and came off of the disneyland ride and and was allowing you to to understandably take 30 minutes on a park bench yeah yeah no he ridicule free uh that is the definition of a brother to a (laughs) brother-in-law there is not a chance any of your brothers would let you lay on a park bench and the happiest place on earth um, no, so I I get afraid flying, period. So going to outer space, uh, like if you told me, hey, we're gonna like knock you unconscious and you're gonna wake up in space, I could do that. Like that, I'd get down on. But no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't consciously get on that that vessel. Ab, what about you? Are you in a are you in the tip of a SpaceX rocket headed up toward the atmosphere? What's your What's your thought on this? Yeah, the tip of one. <laughs> No, that's a that's a hard pass for me. Really, you kind of seem as like the adventuresome type to me. It is false. That falls under my general rule of thumb around motorcycles, skydiving, bungee jumping. I'm not going to do anything that purposely puts myself into a chance to die 
at like a higher clip than just flying in an airplane. So okay. like, I'm not going to go on a motorcycle where I'm completely unprotected from, you know, huge two ton cars around me or like jump out of an airplane for no reason. Is there any element of this? Whereas like, if you had the resources to do it, it pushes the boundaries of exploration in a healthy way. And like, we're going to try to colonize the moon or Mars or find another planet or something. And like, it's good to put. It's good to be part of that process to explore and and push limits. I like, think it's good for someone else to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah would yeah. you, AB? Would you get? Yeah, it, would you get into a hot air balloon? Of like once they figure it all out, right? Kind of like air travel. Like yeah. I, I wouldn't want to be the first person to fly in an airplane. Yeah. Would you but do like, a they, uh, hot air balloon? Um, I would not. Probably not. Yeah. There's too much that can go wrong. It also seems really. Boring. I feel like like there's like seems Antonio nothing Antonio Brown ruined hot air balloons. When he flew to Did camp, guys, yeah, yeah, he flew to Tony camp. Brown and, just kind of ruined a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Miserable. I, those, his feet in the beginning of the season, I mean, among other, not that we need to go down this road, but like, gosh, that looked horrible. Did you, and you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. The bottom of the season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From the freeze. Yeah. Um, skydiving to me is, is particularly stupid, is uniquely dumb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, like, okay, if you just say it out loud, like, you're going to fly up. In that plane, you're going to open the door and you're going to jump out. That's just a bad idea. Yeah. It's a bad idea. Terrible totally idea. Agree. For no, for rec, for recreation, like oh, that's for fun. I don't get it. So I uh, I obviously teach uh, courses on on financial education, and I know. Do you put any of it on the social you, media? A few of you, Mister, probably Dave just tuned in. And was like this? That's what this guy does, right? Huh? This whole time he does no what? Idea. Yeah. But one of my examples around how to how to handle risk and getting to why we transfer risk with insurance policies is the idea that you can avoid some risks. And my example is always like, I guarantee I will never die from jumping out of a plane because I will never jump out of a plane. That's mm. very easy risk to avoid. And you're absolutely right. Like the concept of me, it, it just doesn't I get that there's people who need adrenaline rushes. And I guess none of us are kind of adrenaline junkies, but like, uh, I get a rush literally like trying to land in Vegas when it's windy. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Like, like there's certain airports notorious for turbulence when you land, and and like the Salt Lake City is one of them. I think. I think uh, Denver. Denver is. Is it Denver? Oh. Denver and Salt Lake. So it's like even those, you pretty much are, you know, by the numbers, you're you're statistically like you're good to go. You're 100 percent of the time. You're fine, just about and. And yeah, it's it's not a really fun. I don't even know personality-wise. I'm not sure I really know a lot of people who want to skydive. Like it's a totally different. Sarah's niche. done it twice. My Is wife, Sarah? Yeah. Does she really like it, or did she? She did again. Yeah. She so she like. Okay, so like, hang on a second. That that painting is really coming into a, a lot more clarity <laughs> around you, my friend. <laughs> so she jumps out the first time <laughs> and liked it enough to do it a second uh -huh. time. Wow. I need to talk to her about that. I'm curious. Talk about risk. And now we're just going up in risk. You know, Jed, right? More than <laughs> one. Seriously. Whole deal. What about, um, have you seen the jetpack guy? Do you know what I'm talking about when I say the jetpack guy? Like the guy who, I don't know a better way to describe it. It, it looks like, like a rocket pack on his back and he can kind of like fly around. I guess that's the best way to describe it. Is that the one over water? The, there's another one that's not over water. How, how high can they get? I don't know the details. I don't know. I don't know how long it lasts. I don't know the details. Here's where my head's at, though. If I could jetpack from like Spokane to Pullman, like real quick, just boom, right over the wheat fields, that'd be incredible. What happens when it breaks 
Well, you you die. I mean, that, that, there's a that, now we're over on to Jed's risk assessment, and and I think it's a an important one. But if it was like AB said, like if it was, I mean, imagine you could jetpack over traffic. To, oh God! Now we're getting. <laughs> Why don't you just take a hoverboard? I'll take that risk. Well, I mean, a hoverboard. I mean, that's what this is. This kind of is a hover. I mean, a, whatever happened to like the Back to the Future hoverboard? I just watched I that totally yesterday. Thought yeah, that would be a thing. Yeah, I wish it was. Gosh, it'd be fun. But I guess there's those a, things would be so cool. But aren't those kind of just like skate? I mean, you're not working, but like basically that's a skateboard. Like I don't know how fast. I mean, I guess it went pretty so fast. So much cooler and no. pretty high. Well, and now so they much have cooler. The skateboards with the remote. Like they have, like you, you don't even pedal anymore. Yeah, it's skateboards just you stand ridiculous. on it and go. Seriously, like. When, oh, I, yeah. when I was a kid, you I couldn't skateboard because Waukesha, Wisconsin, has huge hills. Okay. So going up, you, I mean, it's a waste of time. And going right. down, you're going to die. Right. It's too uh, much. But now you can just go up a hill, just stand there. and. Well, like, what's powering it? Like a battery or something? Yeah. With a remote control in your hand? You see people riding them on our campus, you just do- going uphill. I need to I need to walk around campus more. You need to pay attention. It's I didn't keep a, my eyes open. Beautiful world out there. I need to stop texting you guys about podcast topics and start opening my eyes. Mm. That's mm. what I need to do. Hey, um, uh, hey, Jed. Guess what? Uh, when I was walking in, guess what? Chaz was eating <laughs> beef jerky. That's true. Correct. It's, it gets guilt, guilty. <laughs> guilty. As and he claims he doesn't eat beef jerky. I never, I never that I don't eat it. I just I don't think I eat. Maybe I do eat more of it than. I don't know. You guys eat jerky. Not consistently. Maybe <laughs> once every on six game, months. Only on game days for me. It's a game day thing. Mm, well, I guess I do. Because you're you're near Chaz. <laughs> I guess. You're like, That's I true. I think if you're like in his orbit and don't have <laughs> your jerky intake, like it negatively impacts the cast. Um, do you guys remember Hard Pivot, although food-related, do you guys remember? Way to stay structured today. Thank really you. Nice. Like, Thank you. You didn't outline it, but you kept us there. <laughs> I appreciate. I appreciate it. I try. I'm. I'm trying to stay in the line. I'm trying to color in the lines. Hey, do you remember Dippin' Dots? Does that mean anything to you guys? Love them. Oh yeah. Sure. So good, right? Yeah. I can't. I haven't found them in years though. Like the zoo. Uh, They're always like in like vending machines. To me, they were always in the movie theater. Some, the last time I had them were um, the Chicago Aquarium. Yeah, they're all. Oh, I, bet I feel like ball games. You can get it at like a baseball game. Oh, that's a good call. Cookies and cream were my favorite. They were so good. I always they still got, are. They still exist. Yeah, I, I haven't. Oh, yeah. I haven't found go them to, anymore. Did you go say to they were Dairy Farm or Disneyland? You'll you'll get all yeah. up in though. So I was trying to figure out <laughs> la- last night when when uh, I brought this up with Ash again. We were trying to figure out how they kept the shape and why they weren't more prevalent because everybody loves them, but if you think about it. They're, it's weird that like it's ice cream that can stay in little little balls, so it can melt. Well, it and which is the problem. The reason why it hasn't proliferated even more is it's colder than regular ice cream, mm. but not like totally mm. frozen. They have like a they have like a serious like everybody loves it, but they have like a real problem with lo- their like logistics of how you deliver it to people. Do you think Dippin' Dots wants to be a sponsor of the podcast? Oh, they totally should be. Yeah. I'd talk about dip. I would go dip. I'd go hard on Dippin' Dots. Like every cast, we could talk about. Would dip and you dots. eat them while doing the cast? One hundred percent. But they're they're not. You know. Yeah, but they're they're Dippin' Dots. Like it's different. It just is awesome. They're not quite what you're looking for in the, in your diet. This conversation makes me think about cotton candy. I hate it. I never it. really understood yeah. how cotton candy works. No, not how good. do they make it like that? That's a good question. Know? No, like like you have that like machine and they like circle it. Out. It's like. Sh- but how? But how? I don't, I don't know. Understand. Jed, do you know? Jed, do you know? 
Uh, cotton candy would have to do with the uh, the coordinates oh, on gee. the rotor. Uh, yeah, blob. <laughs> <laughs> the bulls and the bears. It's, it's just bombs. sugared air. Yeah, sugared air. But how do you make it look like cotton? No, and why is it always pink? See, nobody knows. Blue? Somebody, oh, yeah. somebody tweet at us. I need to know. Yeah. How I do need, they make I cotton need candy? The, how how it's made? You know who might know? Jennifer Delzer. Jennifer Delzer would know. Yeah. Yeah, she would know. Mm. Um. Hey, go awesome. Cougs, boys. Thank you for the time, as always. Bowl game. Oh, hard out. All right. Well, yeah. we're there. We're, we're there, and I don't want to, uh, you know, time is the, our most precious resource. It really is. Time and beef jerky are our two <laughs> most <laughs> Go Cougs, boys. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. <laughs> That's funny. See you guys. See you, buddy. See you, man.